0: series called The Christian Checklist. It's under our Spiritual Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is j-a-e-f.foundation. God told Joshua something in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 that I believe most Christians overlook. You see, Joshua had been given the responsibility to lead the children of Israel into the promised land to possess it. And God was giving him some last minute instructions before they set off. So picture yourself as the commander-in-chief. How would you, as the commander-in-chief, instruct your army general who is heading out to the battlefield? I'm sure most of us would be looking over battle strategy tactics, and so forth. However, God's last departure instructions to Joshua seem to be both ironic and iconic. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in this book day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in this book for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The Book of the Law that God was referring to wasn't a book containing fighting instructions and battle tactics. No. The Book of the Law was a combination of God's moral laws, civil laws and sanitary laws. Interesting, right? I think so. However, I want to draw our attention to these specific phrases used by God in verse 8. He said, the law. Now, today, to ask Christians, this means God's instructions. Then he also said, meditate day and night. This is a suggestion of a daily routine. Practice remembering these laws. Meditate them. Ponder them. He also said observe to do all of it. Put, it in, put them into action. Put God's statutes into action daily. Then by, do, by doing all the above, it's inevitable that whatever you do, you will prosper and have good success. Whether it's a business relationship, romantic relationship, mental health, finances, leadership, physical health, you name it. Just like Joshua was guaranteed good success in possessing a foreign land, likewise God guarantees us good success if we meditate and do all of his statutes. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that, But understand this, that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble hard to deal with and hard to bear. And Peter also told the scattered believers around the world to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. With this in mind, and the awareness of the times that we currently live in today, as a Christian, you can no longer afford to just wake up and dash out of the door. You need to remind yourself daily that you are like a soldier going out to the battlefield and whether or not you get back home to your family depends on the kind of armory that you go out with on the battlefield. Whether you like it or not, accept it or not, as a Christian out in the world today, you need to be thoroughly equipped before you encounter the day. In fact, I like to think of it as it's kill or be killed. So the Christian checklist is just a guide that you can use to stay sharpened and well-rounded in the different areas of your Christian walk. The Christian checklist will help you cover your spiritual blind spots. We hope this series blesses your heart, so, open up your heart and mind and let's dive in.
1: This rock- Can't hold us, cause the light has shown us No fear's big enough to own us We were never meant to fit in these folders Know this, I ain't scared of these poses Over time we all face opponents They thought they could mess with this focus They forgot the end of the climb's the coldest Know this, life's a battlefield of moments Hold this We are, but no one hears We preserve. walls, you can't hold us. If we just keep running away, we'll never make- to the
0: pre-show. Welcome back to episode 10 of the Christian Checklist. We are talking about how we should start being methodical about our Christian believers' walk of faith. Just like people who work in very high-risk environments, likewise, based on the biblical timeline of the end times, we should be diligent about having all our bases covered. It's easy for us to get too comfortable in the parts of our Christian walk that don't really stretch us and end up paying very little attention to the other areas of our Christian walk because they are uncomfortable for us to deal with. The problem with this is that it creates blind spots. It creates an opening for the enemy and weak links in the chain of our armor. So the Christian checklist is a tool that we can use to routinely do tune-ups in different areas of our believers walk of faith. And as I've kept on reinforcing the need for us to treat our Christian believers' walk of faith as athletes is actually from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. The Apostle Paul illustrates this perfectly. He says, in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets first prize. So run your race to win. You can think about this as run the race of your destiny to win. However, it says to win the context, you must deny yourselves many things that would keep you from doing your best. An athlete goes to all this trouble just to win a blue ribbon or a silver cup. But we do it for a heavenly reward that never disappears. He goes on to say, so I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I fight to win. I'm not just boxing or playing around. Like an athlete, I punish my body, treating it roughly, training it to do what it should, not what it wants to. Otherwise, I fear... That after enlisting others for the race, I myself might be declared unfit and ordered to stand aside. Wow. Wow. I like what another translation says. It says, but like a boxer. I buffet my body. I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships and subdue it. For fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. There's this discipline. He's talking about us being disciplined in every respect. And... Before, we've been talking about uh, the seven muscles of Christianity, which I believe are the muscles that every believer must exercise regularly to be able to fight the good fight of faith, to run their race to win. These are the Word of God, muscle number one, muscle number two, prayer and fasting, muscle number three, meditation, muscle number four, confession, muscle number five, praise, worship, and thanksgiving, number six, generosity, number seven, writing, journaling, and remembrance. Those are the seven, but within these we've been, um, trying to understand the physiological, the, the spiritual physiological makeup of how all of these work together. And we say that the first muscle basically is the core, just like an athlete, just like a human being every exercise you do pivots around the core so the core in our christian walk of faith is the word of god if you don't have if you don't know enough word of god you're gonna have a very weak core so you won't be able to pray effective prayers you won't be able to exercise meditation you won't know when to confess what to confess um you'll Praise, worship, and thanksgiving will be limited. Um, You won't understand the purpose and benefit of generosity. You won't understand also the importance of scriptures like opening up a book of remembrance, writing the vision down, make it plain on tablets. You won't understand the importance of why you need to practice this, you know, to journal, to write, to practice daily remembrance. You won't, but all of this is gonna come by first working on the first key muscle which you said is the Word of God. Knowing a good chunk of the Word of God will really be the key to becoming stronger in all these other muscles. So, yes, uh, in the last previous episode, we're talking about the power of meditation. And there's so much about meditation that I don't think you can exhaust it. Um, So, but one of the key scriptures that we had, those two key scriptures that we had opened up, we, we had used to talk about meditation, actually three, we started off with Psalms 119, Joshua 1 eight, Psalms 1 verses 1 to 3. So let's go back there. One of the things I said was that when God was giving last minute instructions to Joshua as the children of Israel were crossing over, we're going to cross over the Jordan, is many, it would be, It would be looked at as crazy if the chief in command called aside his military general who's taking his troops to battle. And he didn't slip him an envelope of X's and O's about the battlefield, but he slipped him a Bible. That's exactly what God did with Joshua if you look at the book of the law he was talking about there it was the instructions on God's way of doing things that is um, the book of the law basically at that point was the first five books and It's basically the instructions that God had passed down to to Moses, who was their leader at that time, as they were journeying from Egypt across to the promised land. It's very interesting, he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. And this passage talks about meditation being the key to making our lives prosperous and having good success in the affairs of life. It's very interesting that it mirrors, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 mirrors exactly the, the product the byproduct of meditation, which is prosperity and good success in the affairs of life, mirrors, if you look at where that is birthed out of, it mirrors exactly Psalms chapter 1 verses 1 to 3, which also doubles down on meditation. And this is what it says. It says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And then he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. If you look at these two passages, prosperity and success in the affairs of life comes at the end. It's a byproduct of meditating in God's word day and night. The question will then be, how how is it possible that the word of God, if you meditate in the word of God, that somehow it translates into prosperity and success in the affairs of life. It's, it's very, you know, that, that would be like, um, that would be like, if let's say someone was good was a doctor a surgeon was preparing for brain surgery and once again they're going into a a a, they're going to the, the, the the surgery room and let's say a couple of hours before that you slipped them a Bible and instead of like looking over their s- surgery notes and things like that, they were looking into the Word of God. And that's where they were meditating. How is it possible that that can translate into success? And prosperity in the affairs of life. You know, I these. It's supernatural. First of all, let me first say that. It's supernatural. Here's a few reasons that I can think of. Why is it that, the water god? If you if that's where you spend most of your time how does that really give birth to success and prosperity in the affairs of life? You see, and we're talking about meditation and how meditation turns, um, meditation turns information into revelation knowledge and then in your spiritual womb, and that gives bath to rivers of living water. That's where the revolution is birthed. I think we have to look at a scripture in Isaiah that says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than yours. That is what God is saying. The, one of the one of the explanations is a couple of reasons that I can think of, and I and I'm just letting the I I I, I hadn't really given this uh, much thought before I came on air, so I'm letting the reason. If you, I'm I'm kind of trying to let the the Holy Ghost kind of also give me some answers here on the fly. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, but. I'm I'm reminded by I was hearing this testimony about a, a brain surgeon and he'd done this surgery so many times. He was a Christian. He was a Christian surgeon. He'd done the surgery so many times, business as usual, but as he was doing this surgery, now. There's something, another key, that David gives us. We believe he's the psalmist. Oh, we believe he's the one who wrote Psalms 119. There's something that he says in Psalms 119, verses 97. He says, Oh, how I love your word, but here calls it thy law but you can change that for the word of God. It is my meditation all day. It says, thou through thy commandments, thou through thy word has made me wiser than my enemies. For your commandments are ever with me. Then he goes to say, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your word is my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. He's talking about an elevation in understanding because of meditation. Now, what really happens is that when you meditate on the word of God, because the scripture says in, in John, it says, in the beginning was the word. The word was God, and the Word was with God. So, there's nothing that has ever been birthed on this planet that originally didn't come out of the mouth of God, the Word of God. So, when you meditate on the Word of God, it starts to equip you supernaturally. It gives you, it it, it surrounds you, first of all, with, divine capabilities, it starts to almost like transform your brain with divine understanding, with divine capabilities. It empowers you because it starts to elevate the way you think to God's way of thinking. It starts to force, it forces you to think like God. Now, when you think like God, from a from from like a, when you have a bird's eye view, uh kind of thinking, which is how God thinks, He has bird's eye view, also because He's the Alpha Omega, the beginning, ending. You know, He's the beginning, the present, and the end at the same time. These. Let's first talk about peace. How would meditating in the word of God? Because when you, when you're meditating in the word of God, you're keeping God's presence around you, right? You're quietening the noise. God's word is like a filter at the same time. it, it, it there's an enhancing. It's, it's the default food for the spirit of man. It's a default food for the spirit of man. There's a scripture in job, job 32, that will also help us understand this. I'm really trying to I, I want us to really for because someone might say, Well, if I'm preparing for a legal case, do I really need the word of God? Hold a thought. Um there's a very, there's a very powerful scripture in, in, in Job thirty-two, verse eight, I believe, and this is what it says. It says, I'm finding that one second. It says there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. It says this is Job chapter 32, verse eight, it says, but there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty gives them understanding. So Jesus said in in the book of John, he said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So every time you meditate on the word of God, Basically, you're lighting, you're lighting your spirit on fire with the spirit of God, with the knowledge and wisdom of God. There's another scripture says in uh, Proverbs, uh, Proverbs twenty-one or Proverbs eighteen. It says, "The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord." Searching all the inward parts of the belly. Let me also find that one. That's another really good one. We're talking about how meditation translates you into that realm where you you start to think like God. You start to think like God. You start to have God's thoughts. Yes, this is in Proverbs 20 verses 27. It says, the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So if you take that scripture, the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly, and you also combine it with the the other one in Job that talks about there's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding, you can start to see that when you when you're meditating you start to tap into divine wisdom yes but there's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding who wouldn't want to take advice from God who wouldn't want to take advice from God that's that's the whole point of our Christian walk why when you read through Psalms 19 You see David in this constant posture of begging and begging and saying, Lord, please teach me your ways. Teach me how you do business. Teach me how you think. Because he understands that if he can tap into divine wisdom, it's game over. So... As you meditate on the word of God, basically what you're doing is that you're allowing the word of God, which is spirit, to connect with your spirit and to give you that inspiration. It says, but there's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty gives them understanding. So for you to get understanding in the affairs of life, you're going to be inspired by the spirit of God, which is the word of God. So every time you are meditating in the word of God, basically what you're doing is that think about two candles. Your spirit is one candle. It doesn't have light. God's spirit is another candle that has light. So every time you meditate on the word of God, basically what's happening is that God's candle, which has light, is lighting up your candle, which is your spirit. And then you are inspired. With visions, with imaginations, with new ways of thinking, with new solutions, and that's why David in Psalms ninety-seven is saying, "I have more understanding than now than all of my teachers." For your testimonies are my meditation. Your 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 thinking capacity is going to be expanded. you 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 start to tap into another database of knowledge and of, of, of doing things that you normally wouldn't have done. That's the power of meditation. Meditation is how is what transforms information into revelation and then birth is a revolution. So anyway this surgeon was doing this surgery and as we're going to make a very delicate cut, think about it, that as the, there's this whole aspect, David was also talking about that. I meditate in thy law day and night. And also it's what Psalms 1 says. It says it's about meditating in this word day and night. Meaning as you're going through your day, you are just meditating on God's word. And what that does is that it, you have God's presence around you, you have God speaking to you. And giving you ideas and equipping you. So, anyways, this sergeant was going to make this delicate cut, and in that moment, the Lord told them, "Don't tell them stop. Tell them stop." How in tune. How methodical must a brain surgeon be to, be to be operating on a brain, open, brain is open. Someone's brain has been cut open. He's dealing with the most delicate part, probably, of our anatomy. But he's still in tune talking to God and letting God guide the surgery. And God told him, stop. He says, if you cut him that way, he's going to die. This guy didn't know why. I mean, I've done this. He had done this on so many other people. It was business as usual. But you see, meditation forces you, it it kind of brings you in alignment with thinking how God thinks. So at that point, he yielded his business as usual medical knowledge to divine knowledge of the one who created man. Because every case is not the same. Every situation is not the same. Yes, there's a lot of similarities in surgeries, but they're not all the same. So this guy, God, he he keeps quiet and he listens intently to the inspiration that God is telling him says, if you cut him like you always do, you're going to kill him. Do it this way. Bypass here, do it this way. And that's what he did. And that's what he did. And the surgery was successful. How many times do we have doctors who are well-equipped have gone to the best medical schools? how many times have we had them come out of surgical surgery rooms and say we've done all we can we're sorry or they say we tried our best we're sorry because you see folks there's a place where human wisdom stops because this the, the 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 understanding that we have is is only what we've been exposed to There's another realm of wisdom, guidance, understanding and knowledge, which is from the source of wisdom, knowledge, understanding of all knowledge, wisdom and understanding. And that is God. So if you're meditating, this is what I'm saying. How would it benefit someone who's going into a a, 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 like a surgeon? It's because meditating on the water God first of all, will quieten his soul. He'll start to have his spirit, he'll start to have his candle be lightened with other possibilities on how to do this surgery. But where is this knowledge coming from? It's definitely not gonna come from the books that he read in medical school. It's just gonna be downloaded from the Spirit of God onto his spirit. So this is when you transcend into the supernatural. This is when you meditation now takes you, you cross from the natural realm, you start. Partaking in the supernatural realm. Meditation is when um, God will tell you, is when the news media will say, Um, this market is going to be booming. But before you do it, before you launch out to do your business, you meditate, you, you're still, you're quiet, you're searching, you're saying, God, is this. Is this a good business idea? On paper, it looks good. Everything checks out. And from meditating, God tells you, don't go into that business deal. Everything checks out, but God tells you don't do it. And you're like, why? Well, it's because the Alpha Omega knows that in two years time, or perhaps in six months, something catastrophic is gonna happen, and that industry is going to crash. That industry is going to crash. We're talking about meditation. Here's another example. Let's say, let's look at, now again we're talking about the business world. So the difference between, honestly, you read about the dot-com bubble, the nineteen ninety nine, you know, dot com bubble, and you know, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, around there. So, let's say these—I don't know—five of you. You know, you all start business ideas. I mean, on paper, you know, the technology, the the the. For, for instance, okay, like. Let's let's look at let's look at our world right now. Starting a business is not as complicated as it used to be. I mean, um, everyone now has access to set up a launch a website. Uh, there's a lot of no-code uh, tools you can use to build mobile apps. Um, everyone has access to social media, so the marketing tools everyone has access to them. These There's so many tools that if a group of people are going to start out businesses in the same industry, they pretty much have access to the same things that they need to start out. So then business has gone from, oh, I have access to 10 engineers that you don't have access to, or I can build an app and you can build an app. It has gone from that because. All of that is now accessible to everyone. Now, the competitive advantage starts to become, you know, what do you know that I don't know? You know, what do you know that I don't know? Now, even if you want to take it to a higher realm, if, let's say, people have capital they can the for instance the, the people who are look the companies we look at as geniuses the people who now you might say in the business world say oh these are geniuses because um you look at the ideas that were started back then and they just happen to survive that dot-com uh bubble you know uh, Google at that time, you know, there was uh, there was other search engines that had started coming up as well. Uh, these different companies. But the point was that now it's also interesting that some of the ideas that were started then that didn't work out somehow 10, 15 years later on and now the ideas that have come back on market you know, that are are some of the ideas that are, you can build strong business models around. So what would have been the difference? You see, the difference at that point would have been, who has insight to say, you know what? This is not a business to start at this time. This is a business to start, let's say five years from now. Right now, this is what the market needs. So that's where meditation now starts to give us the age. Why do we need divine help? You need divine help because there's things you don't know as a, as these, like, let's say Wall Street can only predict best on what they know. They use what they know to predict what is to come. And so many times, more often than not, they get it wrong. That's why, you know, these. you always find these clips of someone who said, oh, we're going to have a, a bear market. Then it's a bull market. We're going to have a bull market. Then it's a bear market. The point is that if you had three businesses to start and you start the wrong one, you'd be looked at as a fool. But if you start the right business, it's not because maybe you you had too much business expertise per se. It's because you just happened to start the right business at the right time. Well, how do you know the right time? Again, this is where meditation and God who knows what's going to happen in 10 years, what's going to happen in five years, can really give you insight and tell you don't do it. It's also very interesting because I have been spending some time in the book of uh, Revelation. And that book, there's... there's the, in that book is coded a lot of things that are actually happening right now and this is another thing that i've just received through meditation while i was reading the book of revelation is that out of actually all the books of of the bible now revelation is also three-dimensional but i think it's three-dimensional on like a higher realm than the, than the other books, because in the book of Revelation says, write these things down, which are, no, which were, which are, and which are to come. So the book of Revelation can, if you really now get in there and you meditate, and the book of Revelation is a different beast. It's it's a whole nother uh, book with so many stuff that is just mind blowing. So, anyways, I was in the book of Revelation. You basically can read about certain things that are happening in the world right now, and you can see them in the book of Revelation. But what's fascinating is that it will also um, forecast the future. So, in the book of Revelation, you can access three timelines: things that happened in the past, things that are happening right now, and things that are going to happen in the future. And I would encourage you specifically to read um if you want to know kind of things you got in business and that I'll encourage you to read Revelation chapter 18 and meditate there. I've I've I'm going to be rereading it, I'm rereading it, I'm rereading it. And it's really fascinating that you can tell so you can use the book of Revelation to read the news. That's why I'm actually starting to find it very fascinating that the more time I spend reading the Bible, it's almost like I, I can tell the news before the news tells me, you know? Because you have to remember the, 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 the Bible, again, It's it's written in three timelines. This was the most powerful book. There's no book like the Bible. No matter what you want to say, um, the, the Quran is not even written like that. The Bible is the only book that interprets itself. It does not reference any other book. The Quran is always referencing the Bible. Um, the Quran is not written on a three-dimensional, on a three-time dimensional uh, scale meaning that it's gonna it talks about what happened uh and what is happening right now and predicts the future it does not to the degree it it does not it does not in fact every time the quran hits a um a like a almost like an obsequent interpretation of itself it tries to it references the bible so Go and read the book of uh, Revelation, chapter 18. It shows you the picture of commerce, businesses, and it will show you the manner and pattern in which certain industries fall and why they will fall. Read the book on... um, Meditate in the book of the parable of... um, talents uh the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 13 also that's a very powerful book that will show you how to discern again oh man this is so yeah Matthew chapter 13 is the parable of the sower and the seed but then there's also Mark chapter Uh, Where is that one also? It's very good. I think Mark chapter, it also talks about the parable. Yeah, Mark chapter four, the parable of the sower. Every Christian believer must meditate on Mark. I'm giving you an assignment. Go read the book of Revelation chapter 18. Ask God to pull the scriptures back for you. You'll see that the current shaking that we have in commerce in the business and the economy of the world right now you can see it through the chapter 18 of the book of revelation now you will you might have to read it read it again and again and again and again to start um picturing these things just like i think if you read the book of daniel and you meditate there in the book of daniel You can really start to see uh, when there's going to be like elections. When there's going to be elections. You can start to see the book of Daniel can help you kind of get an understanding of which which way elections are going to go. I just had the Lord open up my eyes to... Uh, Jeremiah 33 that's also another book that you can meditate on Jeremiah chapter 33 that will tell you about certain countries for me specifically the Lord's been using that one to talk to me about certain things that are going to happen in Uganda and and how that's going to play out so the point being is that right now the the person who's going to be considered smart and a genius is really the person who's going to build a sustaining business model is is your business going to stand the test of time right is your business going to withstand the shock of the next pandemic So this is why meditation is powerful because we start to tap into divine wisdom. The book, I'll never forget this. There's, I don't know if I can even ever say this on air. There's, no, yeah, I, I, I won't say that. But anyways, in the book of Isaiah, and I still believe this to be true, there's someone there's someone famous who passed away and I asked the Lord, I said, how did this happen? Why? And this, all of that. And there was like a chapter in the book of Isaiah that literally painted the whole picture. I was so scared. I was so shocked. So when you hear a scripture like 1st Corinthians uh, chapter 2 that says, that says, how be it we speak, 1st Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6 says, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of the world, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Then one of the examples he uses, he goes on to say that, Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So there is a hidden wisdom that is hidden, not from us, but there are these mysteries about the world. Things that are happening today that news and social media are just, you know, groping in the dark. They're just trying to throw things at the wall, you know, trying to throw predictions against the wall to see what sticks. But as Christians, we should really, this is where we should gallop ahead of the world. This is where we should really gallop ahead of the world. And it's something because if God tells you don't enter that market, that market is going to crash for this reason. And you can see it and you can find chapters in the Bible where God will tell you, you can discern the times where you can look at what's happening right now. You go and look at it. You map it out in the Bible and you know how that is going to play out for a season. And if that market or that situation after how long it's going to be turned around. And you'll know, okay, I cannot enter this market right now because something is going to happen in that market and my business won't be profitable. Then you decide to go into another market or you decide to do something different. You're going to be looked at as a genius because as everyone was entering a certain market, you didn't. Or as everybody else was running away from a certain market, you did. And now you're being looked at as the genius. This is exactly what God told uh, Isaac, in Genesis chapter thirty, I think thirty-one, when everyone was running away from 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 from, from, from Gerar to go down to Egypt because there's a big famine, God told Isaac. He told him, "No, stay here." That was God's business plan. He told him, "No, no, no. Everybody's running away. Stay here. Start up your business right here, where everybody's running away from this stock." No, 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 this is the stock that you should buy. So, as Christians, this is how we should start to overtake the world. Because we have we have access to knowing what's gonna come. If I know what's gonna come and I do something that fits within the timeline, people are gonna call me a genius. No, it's only because I listen to God's instructions, and one of the things that I'm I'm is really disturbing me right now. I am so hungry to understand the mysteries of the world. I wanna, like, I want when people are freaking out or like when they're saying breaking news, I'm like, breaking news what? I'm like, I've been knowing that for like the last two years. As Christians, that's the point of the Bible, is we're supposed to dig deep and just go in and going, and be able to map out. We have so many prophetic books. Everything that is going to happen in this world until Jesus comes back. We have a timeline. We have books that give us a blueprint of what is going to happen in this world up until the day Jesus comes back, even after Jesus comes back, even until the end of this age. We, we know we have access to everything that's going to happen up to the point when a new heaven and a new earth are created. So one of the things that I'm now going back to the basics is the basic of meditation, where I take a scripture, a passage in scripture. Where I'm like, Lord, what passage in scripture right now will tell me exactly what's happening in the world and what is coming? And I spent, even if it's a month, and I was talking to a friend of mine, I was saying, listen, we really need to take this stuff. Like, I was like, I don't think we reali- I don't think we've tapped into, I don't think we've scratched the mysteries of the Bible. I, I, I'm like, I'm like, I know that so many things are hidden from me right now. And I've been really kind of angry with God, like in a, in, a, in a form of like, I'm like, Lord, like, I don't know, whatever it takes, I don't know what price I have to pay, but sometimes when you take when you tell the Lord whatever it takes, he says, "Oh yeah, sure." Are, are you sure you are? You sure you want you want me to hold you to that statement? So, but um, I'm getting so hungry that every time I read the Bible, I feel like it gives me more fresh updates of what's gonna happen. And then when I go into the news, it feels like it happened twenty years ago. Seriously, every time I go into the news, to the people, to other people who maybe don't read the Bible or don't spend time digging through it to understand the mysteries of the world, they might think, to them it looks like, oh, oh my goodness, breaking news. Like, you know, but the more I spend time in the Bible and asking God to show me the mysteries, because they are, you have to realize that the same Bible predicted what would happen you know, over a timeline of over 850 years from the prophecy that was given that Jesus Christ will will come, be born in Bethlehem. So, the Bible has these, these prophecies, these words of prophecy that you can use to interpret and discern the times that we live in. So, if we want to become custodians, if we want to become masters of of change, if we want to have influence as as Christian people as believers, we can't play at the same level. You can't change an environment if you're thinking at at the level of that environment. We need to elevate to the thoughts of God and we need to, spend time meditating the word of God and cracking the codes of what's happening in different industries. Every industry is covered in the Bible. Every industry. It's amazing how this book was in. It is really divinely inspired. This is the word of God. There's no book. There's no book that you can find that, that will talk about the past, the present and the future accurately. It's just not there. So. Shouldn't it be, like, our prerogative, like, every single day to, like, think about it. Like, if you're going to do a test, if you're going to sit for an exam and you had, let's say, if you had 10 days before that exam to do your study and you could either go come up with your own study plan or, you know, and come up with a plan on how you're going to study versus if actually the, you had the opportunity to spend time with a person who set the ex, you know, with a person who set the examination, you know, the person who set the exam, w- wouldn't you want to sit down? Like, I, I mean, wouldn't you want to at least, okay, let's say if, if if your prof left uh, left a rubric and said, "I am gonna set the exam around these five different topics," wouldn't you value the five topics he tells you that this is where I'm, this is where the exam is gonna come from, versus having to go through twenty different topics? And you're just shooting in the dark. That's where I'm being challenged right now as a Christian. And that's why I want to challenge you as well. Is we need to start thinking that, man, if you don't read the Bible, it feels like you missed out on knowing something that could put you ahead in life. Like it's it, it's got to almost feel like it's oxygen. Like if you don't read the Bible, if you're not meditating, if you're not digging through the scriptures like you feel like oh my goodness you like like you feel like you're gonna die but i don't know how like we we don't hold the bible with that much reverence to say this is the book that contains all the keys to life and somehow we spend all our time on all these other things Instead of the one thing that can help us conquer and overcome all the other things. So I'm a startup and I want to start you up. I'm a startup. I mean, you can read through the Bible and know what career to go with. All of these things, instead of just going to get a master's program in this and this, because Uh, Business Insider say these are going to be the top 10 selling, um, you know, uh, credentials in in 2023. And that's what you're going with. Business Insider doesn't know if there will be a lockdown or not. So the point being is that the wisdom of man doesn't know what events are going to happen in the world it it doesn't have the full details the wisdom of god has all the details and that's why it's important for us to meditate in the word of god we are i'm 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 enjoying this the more i talk to you about this the more i'm start up myself the more i'm start up myself and i want to challenge you you just ask god and say what should i read today even i want to get to the point whereby even 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 with the bible like i ask the holy spirit and say uh let me read what is current meaning the bible itself you can look at it as a newspaper and say okay if 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 i if if it's predicting breaking news i, I, I want to know if it's telling me what breaking news is, what things are gonna happen, I want to know. Okay, what chapter is gonna tell me about what's happening within the next six months? Like, I want to also be updated with it. So that's that's for me where my fight is. That I'm trying to like, I'm trying to have God um, basically give me access, and I'm trying to restructure. My prayer life, my fellowshipping time with God, because I really want to take advantage of the mysteries in the Bible, because that's the only way that we are going to be able to get ahead and play ahead of the game. be ahead of the game, as as they like to say, be ahead of the game, especially in these end times, is we need to start digging through scripture. And finding out mysteries and which is which yeah we'll probably talk about this like in uh, in the next episode anyways I I hope this episode blessed you and uh see you on the next one seller this was episode 10 of the Christian checklist series. We looked at muscle number three, meditation and the power of meditation. Why do we need to meditate on the Word of God? You see, meditation conceives the Word of God because it creates intimacy. It's intimacy with the Word of God. Meditation conceives revelation. Meditation turns the Word of God from just information in your mind into revelation in your spiritual womb, from which then, rivers of living water are birthed psalms chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 perfectly illustrates the power of meditation it says blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law does he meditate day and night and then what happens it says And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper many people today are looking for ways to prosper in the affairs of life and the key that unlocks all of it is in meditation but not just any kind of meditation no it's meditating on the word of god Because in the beginning was the Word of God, the Word was with God, and God was the Word. In the next episode of the Seven Muscles of Christianity, we'll continue building our understanding of this muscle, which is meditation. Your host for today was Calvin Kamanda. Thanks for listening, and see you on the next episode.